Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to the programme on the 10th of May and the day that I'm officially calling Hugs and Haircuts uh, Day. John Paul taking your calls at 1850 333 103. You can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. We have had so many months now, four full months really of being in lockdown and today is the day when we see to be, when we begin to see the reopening of the commercial sector, the religious sector and cultural centres and can I just uh, say to anybody heading back to work uh, today that we wish you nothing but luck today and I'm sure there will be a little bit of anxiety about heading back but it also was very much much mixed with a sense of excitement. The phased reopening of appointment based retail and click and collect service that's been wildly welcomed after many business owners have seen their incomes absolutely decimated with all the non-essential shops closed basically since Christmas Eve wasn't it they, they got they got Christmas out of it and then they all had to close we've got hairdressers open today beauticians libraries galleries museums all throwing open their doors and they're lifting on the ban on inter-county travel that's the one many people are looking forward to because it means that families can reunite after many, many months. And that's why I say I'm calling it Hugs and Haircuts Day because there will be grandparents who will be able to travel inter-county and will be able to meet up with their grandchildren maybe today. That might necessarily happen today, but it might happen at the weekend. Uh, and of course, if the grandparents are fully vaccinated, it means they can go into the house and they can sit down and they can socialise and things can just be a little bit normal again for them. Now from today up to 50 people can attend a funeral, up to 50 people can attend a wedding and of course religious services, 50 people as well no doubt masses are going on in churches all over the country this morning. Uh, The Taoiseach Micheál Martin said the opening of the country this week will give the whole country kind of a major psychological boost. You probably saw Micheál Martin on the news yesterday he was in Cork where he was receiving the first of his vaccine because of course he's in the 
to 69 cohort and he got his call to go along to City Hall and he queued up the same as everybody else and you know we had some people speculating when the vaccine rollout would all of the government be the first to get it and they weren't and in fairness all of the government stepped up and said no they'd wait their turn and when the portal opened for their age group they'd register and that's what the Taoiseach did and he got treated by all accounts the very same as everybody else who went into City Hall yesterday to get their vaccination he signed up he did his registration he went into his booth and then there's a picture of him on the papers today where he's sitting in the you know the observation there's an observation area from what I can gather haven't been vaccinated yet so I'm I'm speaking on behalf of what other people are telling me where you sit in an area still socially distanced you know two metres apart and you sit and you wait I think it's 15 minutes and then you're told that you can go away and there's photographs of him sitting in that area waiting for his 15 minutes to be told right Taoiseach on your way you've received your first shot so he was in Cork for that yesterday and he did say we're making good progress and we have certainly made good progress over the last number of weeks but certainly this week with the opening up of and the lifting of restrictions, uh, we are making good progress. Intercounty travel, retail reopening, hairdressers and barbers are back, religious services back, he said, as are outdoor sports. And he said, we have a lot to be getting on with. And bit by bit, he said, hopefully we will see more uh, progress. So just going down through the restrictions that are eased from today, Click and collect and appointment based shopping for non-essential retail. That's all starting today. And it's this day next week, the 17th of May, that we'll see the full reopening of all shops. And when the shops fully reopen, it'll be the same as it was before they close. They'll be on smaller shops. There'll only be so many allowed into the shop. So you'll be queuing outside. And obviously when you go into a shop, abide by everything that you're doing already in the supermarkets, giving people space, keeping the two metre social distancing, wearing a mask, hand hygiene, all of that. Intercounty travel for non-essential reasons that's allowed from today. However, rental accommodation is not allowed to resume. Hotels and B&Bs are not going back until the 2nd of June. So you can go intercounty but you can't book a night away. But I mean if you're going into county maybe to go back and stay with family members that's okay that you just won't be able to book into a hotel or a B&B until the 2nd of June we've all of the personal services back today people getting their hairs done at the hairdressers the beauticians are open the barbers are all reopened Obviously, they're all by appointment only. And I imagine if you don't have an appointment, there's no point. There's none of them doing walk-ins for sure. Most hairdressers, certainly what I was seeing on social media and on the news, fully booked out for this the month of May and booked out well into June. Now, social visits. This is where, when I was reading down through this, I was thinking... This is kind of like a question you'd see on the maths paper for your leaving cert. A maximum of three households are six people from any number of households can visit a private garden. People who are fully vaccinated can meet indoors with other fully vaccinated people, but with a maximum of three households. Fully vaccinated people can also meet indoors with unvaccinated people from one household, as long as they aren't at risk of serious illness. It just it all gets a little bit confusing. The garden visits, I suppose, is the one that people might be interested in. A maximum of three households. So you can have three families meeting up and have a little bit of a picnic or a barbecue in the garden. Or you can have six friends meeting up, coming from six individual households, 
and they can meet up in the garden. Fully vaccinated people, they can meet indoors with other vaccinated people. So friends can be meeting up. If you're both vaccinated, you can uh, meet up, but keep it to a maximum of three households. So you could have three couples meeting up and having a nice meal together indoors or you could have three lifelong friends all fully vaccinated all meeting up and having afternoon tea in somebody's house and then if you're fully vaccinated this is the one I think particularly for the grandparents uh, who the grandparents will be fully vaccinated but their sons and daughters and their grandchildren won't be vaccinated. If you're fully vaccinated, then you can meet indoors with unvaccinated people, but it must be from one household. So that's where grandparents can go to visit their grandchildren or their sons and daughters. And likewise, they can have visits, visitors into their house, but you need to keep it from one household. I think what they're trying to avoid is very big, large family events, like somebody might be having an 80th birthday party and because granny who's 80 is fully vaccinated oh it's okay she can have unvaccinated people into her house she can but they must all come from one household so everybody can't go along at the one at the one time uh, and obviously if there's anybody in the household a serious risk of illness then obviously you don't you don't do that until everyone is fully vaccinated also opening today cultural attractions and libraries your galleries your museums uh, other cultural attractions they're all reopening for from today. Libraries, they're reopening for lending but the study spaces and the reading areas in the library they will still be blocked off. I heard a librarian speaking earlier very happy and delighted to be opened up for lending again but the suggestion that this particular librarian was giving was to to people please come back, go visit your library but go in, do what you need to do if it's returning a book and renting out a new one and then leave they don't want people hanging around, hence the reason why the study spaces and the reading areas are not permitted. So in and out as quick as you can doing your businesses in the library. For outdoor gatherings then changes from today. Up to 15 people can meet outside and this is for an organised outdoor gathering. I mean you're talking about gym classes and I know some gyms are actually organising just to get people back into the swing of things. They're organising you know, an outdoor training session, that kind of uh, thing can go ahead. Outdoor sports training for adults in pods but the pods you can't have more than 15 people. Public transport that's back up to 50% capacity for today and obviously I take it that was needed with the number of people returning to work today and then what so many people were looking forward to, the religious uh, services can resume. The limit is as it was before we went into that lockdown, you can't have more than 50 people inside in the church and I'm Assuming once you get into the church, as was the case before, you'll sit in individual pews. Obviously, if you're with a family member, you can sit with them, but people will be dotted around uh, the church. Unfortunately, we did a lot of calls last week asking about First Holy Communion and Confirmation uh, ceremonies. They're not going ahead at the moment. Will that change in the coming weeks and months? I have a feeling it will. I think with more people getting vaccinated, and I think if the numbers remain low as we as the restrictions start to ease and we get back into some kind of a normal life again, if we can keep the figures down, then I think more and more 
restrictions will be lifted and they'll look at things like First Holy Communions and confirmations but for now they're not taking place. Funerals, the number's gone up for funerals. 50 mourners now can go into a church. However, they are emphasising please no events to take place afterwards and that I think was always the problem when they limited the number to funerals to six, to 10 and people were saying you look at the size of the church you could have at least have 50 or 100 people in there but they were just afraid that if you had that many people everyone would head back to a particular house as we would traditionally do around a funeral so for that reason they limited it to 10 so anyway it's gone up to 50 mourners from today but please when the funeral is over asking people to all go to their individual homes for weddings again 50 guests can be allowed but this is only at the wedding ceremony and then what happens then so you go and you have your wedding ceremony and then you leave the church or the venue where you're having the ceremony and that's where the bride and groom are going to have to wave goodbye to 44 of their guests because only six people can then go indoors to have the wedding breakfast or the wedding meal but if you manage to get a fine day not certainly this week but a nice fine day and you're having an outdoor event then you can have 15 of the 50 people can join you and that I think is going to be a tough one for bridal parties how do you say to somebody you're getting a wedding invite get all dressed up put on the hat put on your best bib and tucker come along to the wedding ceremony by the way you haven't made the list for the six people that are joining us for the meal afterwards I think that's going to cause some problems for some bridal parties and property viewing this is another one that kicks back in uh, today they're resuming again it's on appointment only basis and it obviously has to be done through licensed property service providers and that now that hasn't stopped people buying and selling houses but it has caused problems for people. I mean, how do you buy a house when you weren't actually able to get in and walk around? And you do need to, I mean, you can look at things online and you can see things in brochures but there's nothing like getting a feel for a property by actually being inside it. So that's, you can get on to to estate agents to view properties and properties by appointment only from today. So interested in what are you most looking forward to out of all of the restrictions that are being eased today? Is there something that you've been counting down the moments to feel free to let us know throughout the morning the listeners just text to say hi my son has been sent home from school today with a cough and a bit of a sniffle he doesn't have a temperature should I take him for a COVID test what you need to do is ring your GP your GP will go through go through the symptoms uh, with your GP and your GP will decide if your son needs to go for a COVID test or not but put a call through to your GP now eight people including a teenager were arrested yesterday evening in connection with an incident in which it's reported that a shot was fired in a housing estate in Maham. Our senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran has more details on this. Good morning to you Fiona. Good morning Patricia. And, and you are welcome. This isn't something that you typically see on a Sunday afternoon in Mahan. What is believed to have happened yesterday? That's right, Patricia. This incident happened at a quarter past five yesterday evening when a car pulled up in the Ravensdale Close estate in Mahan and six men got out um, dressed completely head to toe in black, wearing balaclavas, armed with what looked like machetes and uh, slash hooks. And they went to attack a house. Now, um, there was videos circulating on social media yesterday and a lot of photographs which showed what had happened and showed these men roaring and shouting as they were walking across the green and during this incident a shot was fired now Gardaí are trying to investigate at the minute where that shot was fired from um, but you know there was um, 
it was a scene that you wouldn't associate with somewhere in Cork. It was very disturbing for a lot of people living in the estate. The estate is, um, you know, it's it's there's a lot of families there, a lot of young kids, a lot of elderly people who've lived there for a long time, and it's not something that they have seen before or would like to see again. Now, Gardaí and the Armed Support Unit did arrive on scene fairly quickly, and they went to the house that was. Um, that these men were going to attack. Now, I think from one of the videos that I saw yesterday doing the rounds, it would appear that the men had thought that the house was going to be vacant when they arrived and it actually wasn't and the people were inside. Um, and the Gardaí had, um, did follow-up searches of two houses and three vehicles. And during those searches, they discovered weapons, a number of weapons, which included uh, machetes, slash hooks, pitchforks, hammers, and bulletproof vests. Now, nine people were arrested. There were four men, a male teenager and four women. The teenager and one of the women have been released without charge. Four men and one woman remain detained at Cork Garda stations and two women are set to appear before Cork District Court this morning. And Gardaí said that no injuries were reported to them and investigations are ongoing. Now, it's understood that this resulted um, as or that this happened yesterday as a result of an ongoing feud between two families, one family based on the north side of the city and one on the south side, and that it's been going on for the last couple of weeks and it escalated yesterday into this scene at Ravensdale Close in Mahan. Uh, we spoke last week, Patricia, of another incident in Rochestown where uh, the Gardaí and the Armed Response Unit were going to carry out a search of a house and uh, a shot was fired at them and Gardaí are also examining whether or not these two incidents are, uh, the result are connected and that they're the same families involved in both. Okay, and thankfully there were no injuries reported. As you mentioned, there was mobile phone footage that other people uh, took when this incident unfolded. I take it the Gardaí are looking for witnesses to come forward? Yeah, now they will be examining um, the footage that was circulating on social media last night. Um, Now, as I said, those men were wearing balaclavas, but they did arrive in cars and... um, you know, the, the, a lot of people captured what was happening and it was very clear to see what was happening yesterday. And um, Gardaí, I'm sure, will be speaking to people in the area as well. But I suppose you can understand that there's a lot of fear in the estate this morning and there was a lot of fear last night. But Gardaí will be speaking to people. They will be looking for any information that people have and any information that they do get will be treated in the strictest of confidence. OK, all right. I'll let you go because I know you're, you're going into uh, Cork uh, District of Court where, where it's half ten. All right, listen, thanks for that, Fiona. And Thank uh, you. if anything breaks on this story while we're on air, uh, we certainly will get back to uh, Fiona. But definitely very, very frightening for people living in that area. I mean, quarter past five on a Sunday afternoon, the last thing you're expecting is a feud to erupt right outside, you know, on the green area uh, close by uh, your house. Frightening indeed. 1850 333 103. Some of your calls and comments coming in with regard to restrictions being eased today. Uh, Phil, not happy with the news on the 
weddings whereby up to 50 people are allowed to attend a wedding ceremony from today. However, only six can then join you for the indoor celebrations. Uh, Phil says, how in the name of God can you say goodbye to family and guests at the church? You you absolutely can't do it. It is ridiculous. It is so unfair. My son is getting married in June. It is their third attempt at organising a wedding. If they don't go ahead with it on this date, they'll lose all the deposit. It's so very tough. Oh, goodness me. And that's uh, from uh, Phil. Thank you for that, Phil. The only thing, if it's uh, any sense of hope to you, uh, Phil, things might change. Things might, even restrictions might ease even further between now and the 3rd of June. I mean, all eyes will be on the numbers of cases every day, particularly as the restrictions start to ease across the next couple of weeks. And if, you know, and more people getting vaccinated, maybe, just maybe, they might be allowing more people indoors, but it is tough. And yes, I absolutely can understand where your son is coming from. I don't know how you would invite somebody to join you just for the wedding ceremony and then to have to ask them that they'd have to leave and that only six people, it's like the chosen few, are going to be allowed to come along to the meeting. It's very difficult, very, very difficult. Keep us posted on what on how your son gets on, uh, Phil. And thank you for your comment. I was asking people what are they most looking forward to with easing of restrictions and Alyssa says Hi Trish I'm looking forward to having the haircut on Saturday then going to Mass on Sunday We'll be putting the inter-county though on hold for a bit All my family outside of the country are feeling it is just still too risky I have got my first vaccine I got it last week so all good yeah, and it's that's individual choices. There are some people, again, who are just feeling, no, not ready for that yet. And and you do what you feel comfortable with and you are, you're sensible to have the discussion and that, you know, when the time is right for you and when you, and you're on the road now to being vaccinated, which is uh, fantastic and your time will come when you will feel safe to go outside of the county or family members to come outside of the, uh, outside of the county uh, to visit you. Somebody says, Patricia, what are you most looking forward to? Well, I can tell you, I don't even have to think about this. Next Saturday is actually my... Marsh's birthday and we were saying oh, it be another quiet birthday like it was last year we had a lockdown birthday last year but now I've suddenly realised inter-county has been lifted we can't have a party obviously uh, but what we're going to do is Nana is coming Marsh's Nana is coming to visit just for a little bit of afternoon tea and Nana is fully vaccinated and Marsha is five weeks vaccinated on her first vaccine so on the AstraZeneca when you're one month you're deemed vaccinated in that you can be with another vaccinated person. Uh, So it's going to be nice they're going to be able to hug each other and they haven't hugged each other in, I can't, we were even trying to work out how long ago it is. So it will be a nice little afternoon tea party with Nana and uh, it'll be a little bit emotional I think as well. So that's what I'm most looking forward to. And then somebody who did get vaccinated in Mallow last Friday says, Patricia, one hour and ten minutes standing in a queue for my COVID vaccination in Mallow GAA on Friday. I felt it was very disorganised. I'm very grateful to all those who were volunteering, but being asked to stand for that length is simply not right, especially for elderly people. I joined the queue at three minutes past 
10 minutes past 3 and I didn't leave until 20 to 5 now that does include the 15 minutes sitting after the jab I would like please if you could address this and mention it on the programme and see if something can be done now I don't know if that's the same at all of the vaccination centres if there is a little bit of a wait with people arriving if everybody arrives at the same time or people arrive early and then there's a build up of people standing around outside I know last week we had a listener from one of the city vaccination centres who was queuing outside and was just making the point that it was bitterly cold and her advice was was to wear extra layers of clothes because you might be chilly while you are waiting. So I don't know whether that's standard one hour, ten minutes queuing uh, before they got in to get their vaccination. I don't know if that's standard across all of or whether it was just that it was particularly busy uh, last Friday. Now the only thing I will say I did see on, I think it was Stephen Donnelly was talking about the vaccinations last week and Friday they broke all records. So Friday was their busiest day. So maybe that was the reason why you were waiting longer than normal. But just listen wants people to be aware that if you go at a very busy time, you could be standing for a long time. And she just felt that one hour, 10 minutes was too long, particularly for elderly people. 1850 John Paul taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp oh, 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance, cmig.ie. Court today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103 103. And an email in from Olivia saying traffic in Mallow this morning between 8.30 and 9.30. What is going on and what can be done about it? It is ridiculous, says Olivia. Surely the sequencing of the traffic lights can be changed for a better flow of traffic on very busy lanes of traffic. Now half eight to half nine, you're slow lap bang in the middle of the school run uh, and runs as well so it's always busier but was it busier than usual today I'm wondering as well because people would have been heading back to work for the first time people who haven't been out every morning people heading back to work for the first time in many many months so that would have probably been additional traffic as well but Olivia reckons it's the sequencing of the traffic lights in Mallow is not allowing for the flow of traffic. Your thoughts are welcome on that, particularly if you're one of those ones who was caught in traffic. There is nothing worse than to be caught in traffic. And if you're trying to get somewhere and you have an appointment and you're under pressure, it's really, really frustrating. And I mentioned when I was calling out the restrictions and what's going ahead and what's going not going ahead, we know that religious services, churches are able to open uh, today and they can resume with a limit of 50 people inside in the church. But I, it said in the guidelines that communions and confirmations are not to take place. Well, I'm corrected on that because Judy says confirmation is going ahead on the 10th and 11th of June in Blarney. The but only parents and the confirmation child and no one else is allowed to attend. That's happening in Blarney. So I am assuming confirmations, will it be the same for communions? The only time will tell that it will be up to individual dioceses, individual parishes to decide if if um, the communion confirmation is going ahead. But there is Judy saying it is going ahead in Blarney. Uh, we wish all the best to all of the children there on the 10th and 11th of June. Now recently, West Cork Social Democrat Holly Carnes 
asked the Minister for Finance the steps he is taking to ensure the property owners at risk of flooding have fair access to insurance. To discuss this further, I'm joined by Deputy Holly Kearns. Good morning to you, Holly. Good morning, Patricia. And you're, you're, you're welcome. Now, what sort of problems are you hearing about from property and business owners who live and work in areas susceptible to flooding? Yeah, so I mean, we've all heard about the many flooding events um, all over Cork Southwest in, in recent times and in the past. But I suppose most recently, the major towns affected have been Bandon, Bantry and Skib. So we've been engaging with the business associations and Chamber of Commerce in those areas. But we also want to hear from homeowners and kind of all members of affected communities. For example, areas around Clonakilty and Rothcarbury were devastated by floods during the summer. You know, the homes and roads. Um, And of course, so many businesses were affected in major towns. So what we're working on is reviving a bill, Patricia, which was at second stage during the last Dáil. But unfortunately, when the Dáil dissolves for an election, the legislation that hasn't yet been enacted lapses. I wasn't aware of that and has to be retabled. So we're reviving an existing bill uh, that desperately needs to be brought into law. There's so many obvious impacts of flooding that we all unfortunately know about, like so many people can't get flood insurance at all. Um, some are getting quotes that they simply can't afford. But some of the knock-on effects are things that I wouldn't have thought of or known about. For example, homeowners um, are finding themselves unable to build extensions because the bank is turning them away for loans because they can't get flood insurance. And there's also issues around claims and how insurance companies have dealt with them. So just to explain briefly um, what this bill could do, Patricia, is it seeks to kind of whether an insurer offers insurance policy, but it won't unreasonably refuse to offer an insurance policy, um, to offer an insurance policy at an unreasonable price um, or on unreasonable terms. And we also want to legislate for complaints. So if something like that does arise, arise where an affected person believes an insurer has acted contrary to the previous points, but the person can lodge a complaint with the financial services ombudsman. And so the bill specifies that procedures in relation to complaints um, would be dealt with by the ombudsman and he would have the power, he or she would have the power to direct an insurer to offer insurance to an affected person in question, um, you know, such as price or on terms of you know, fair or mm. fair yeah, or making it fair person. for people. And I imagine I, I, I hadn't known about the extension. Somebody trying to do some work and put on an extension onto their house. I didn't realise that they were being blocked. I, I also assume if you're trying to sell a house, Holly, that once had 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 flood event, I imagine it would be nearly impossible. Absolutely, it you know it decreases the value of people's properties. It's an absolutely outrageous situation, and you know I'll stop with the detail of the bill. But we'd also like to legislate for the central bank to be able to carry out an assessment of the manner in which the insurer is dealing with applications for insurance. Um, but then, crucially, because like we say, that who would have known that it would affect you know getting an extension or the the, the sale of your house? Yeah. So crucially, before we table this bill. We want to engage with all of the affected communities to make sure there isn't any anything missing because I've seen it so often that government policy, you know, is kind of failing due to a lack of proper engagement and understanding of issues on the ground. So we're holding a webinar this evening, Patricia, at 7pm to get as much feedback as possible from people everywhere who have been affected by flooding. So you can register at sockdowns.ie for the event this evening. Um, and in addition to that, as part of the webinar, we'd like to, to talk about, you know, there's there's so much more that we need to talk about in relation to flooding. So we know the kind of concrete infrastructure is necessary where there is a kind of immediate risk and consistent flood events. But we also know that there are preventative measures that we can take that should have been taken in the past. So there's different solutions like planting trees upstream in other countries has proven to be so effective and it kind of prevents all of these works having to be done. Yeah, we need to try and stop these flood events where possible. 
Exactly. And so things like planting trees upstream, because the soil would have a deep root system in them, it's better at holding water. And that has, you know, additional positive effects like ensuring the soil retains nutrients. So what we really need to do in addition to the flood insurance bill and what we want to get for this meeting is to hear from people who know their areas, who understand the causes of flooding, the different flow of the water, the different land in the area, the specific causes in their areas. There's nothing like local knowledge. Mm-hmm. And we want to feed that knowledge back into the county development plan then as much as possible to ensure that preventative solutions are implemented as soon as possible to avoid more flooding in the future because we know the sea level is rising. We know how devastating the impacts of floods are in West Cork more than most places. And we really need joined up thinking between government departments, uh, local and national government and the communities to ensure that we do everything possible to protect communities in future. Well, yeah, and like the local knowledge, local people will know a, an area, a field, for example, that always floods. And it never makes any sense why suddenly a building development happens on an area that's known as a floodplain. And that, that has happened all over the country. It's crazy. <laughs> time and time again, yeah, big developments on floodplains are absolutely outrageous. When you ask any uh, local person, they could have told you that yeah. that wasn't good. The plan. dogs on the street, which has become the new saying. The dogs on the street now. <laughs> okay, so that's seven o'clock tonight. Sockdems. Dot IE. Dot IE. And just before I let you go, just on a different topic, because it is something you've been campaigning um, for on behalf of couples affected by the maternity wards uh, restrictions. Did you welcome Paul Reid from the HSC right into healthcare facilities last week asking for restrictions to be lifted? I absolutely did. It's been almost a year of calling for this to happen, you know. And but hospitals are actually within their right to continue to to keep um, accompanying persons out of maternity appointments, despite, like you said, the head of HSE finally writing to healthcare facilities asking for these restrictions to be lifted. Um, the ministers defended um, the COVID nineteen maternity restrictions and said hospitals don't have to lift the restrictions. Um, and the HSE has kind of admitted that it doesn't know what visitor restrictions are in place in each of the country's maternity hospitals. I did think that so, was a crazy statement, that the HSC yeah. don't know the restrictions for each individual hospital. Yeah, and then, you know, it's important to note as well that it, back in December, Patricia, the HSE reclassified partners as an essential accompanying person for the 20-week scan. So what I and so many others don't understand is how then can somebody become unessential for the rest of the scans and for labour. Good so point. we're still unfortunately in a situation with a geographical lottery and like we've always said, I know myself and Caroline Cummings have been on your show a few times about this, she's been amazing in terms of this campaign, but we know that public health is a priority. I've yet to speak to a single expectant parent who doesn't believe that that is the number one priority. But what people don't understand is how the risk has been assessed in relation to this because, you know, things have changed as well. Frontline healthcare workers have been vaccinated. If your partner drives you to hospital, they're already a close contact. Mm. And ultimately, you just should not be considered as a, a visitor at the birth of your child. If they reclassified partners as essential accompanying persons for the 20-week scan in December, it's the best approach not to reclassify partners as essential accompanying persons for the entire maternity journey. Because, And it's not, you know, partners, I think it's really important to note that, that you should be allowed at the birth of your own child. But also, women just shouldn't have to go to birth alone. So whoever's with them should be their essential accompanying person because, you know, we know it's hard enough to go through childbirth alone when everything goes really well and we spoke about this before it's harder again when you're well, something goes off. wrong and absolutely it's, yeah, absolutely okay wrong. listen we'll be following this one because it's it's certainly even with what happened last week with, with Paul Reid I thought when I saw him writing to the hospitals that was the end of it but unfortunately it isn't alright Holly we leave it there thank you for that good luck with that webinar tonight and thanks for joining us 
Thanks so much, Patricia. Good morning to you. Bye bye. That is uh, West Cork Doll Deputy for the uh, Social Democrats, Holly Kearns. Cork today on C103 with John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Let me go to the phone lines where Kathleen in Ballyhay uh, joins me. Kathleen is picking up on a text I had in earlier from a listener who was complaining that they had to queue for in one hour and 10 minutes for their COVID jab at Mallow GAA on uh, Friday and thought it was too long to expect people to stand, uh, elderly people to stand for one hour and 10 minutes. Um, good morning, Kathleen. You were there. When were you there yesterday? I, good morning, Patricia. Good morning to I, you. I was there yesterday. yesterday. My, my appointment was for five to two. Okay. So I was there 10 minutes before and I'm entering the building as Stuart met us. He told us where to park and leave the car, he said, five minutes before your appointment. Left the car, and there was another steward to direct you to the door and entering the building. Then your PPS number was checked, moved on again straight away to a desk where your details were taken. Then you joined, there was about three or four in the queue, you joined the queue for to go for your vaccine. Right. And there was no delay, there was only three people in that queue where we, I was going for my vaccine and I was leaving the building again at 25 past two. <laughs> and that was after sitting for 15 minutes, was it, where, that they, was at, where yes. they observe you? After I getting the, the vaccine, they put a sticker on your jacket with yeah. the time that you're to leave and there's a steward going around checking that time as well and he'll tap you and tell you or she and tell you when to leave everything was just fantastic well done well done and actually a number of people as soon as I read out the text now I don't know whether in defence of the person who's complaining was it because last Friday we vaccinate and this was nationwide the most number of people were vaccinated on Friday maybe it was just an exceptionally busy time this listener was there what did she say Uh, it was she joined the queue at 10 past 3 and she didn't get back to her car until 20 to 5 but then Mary is a volunteer and remember all of those people those stewards that you were meeting a lot of those are volunteers which which are fantastic that they're giving up their time Mary says I'm a volunteer at the GAA Centre in Mallow. People are usually advised to stay in their car until it is time for them to join the queue. There are chairs inside and if somebody's having difficulty standing outside, a chair can be brought out to them to sit down. All they have to do is ask. And I can see other people are very much agreeing with you, Kathleen, including Noreen in Charleville. I was in Mallow GAA yesterday. I was there for 10am. I was no time waiting. I couldn't fault them one bit. I was back in my car for 1030 I couldn't, I can't believe that people are cribbing over the vaccine rollout in Mallow. It's unfair. My partner was also in Mallow uh, a week ago and he didn't have to wait either. So maybe she was just unlucky on the time that maybe she went. Maybe she was. Yeah. Perhaps she was. No, but they were just fantastic. Great. Now I'm more interested, Kathleen, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling fine. You know, um, if you lie on that side where you got the vaccine, yeah. it might be a little bit tender. But other than that, it's perfect. Did you get a high temperature or anything last night? No, no. Aches, no. aches and pains? No, no. <laughs> Good on <Perfect>. you. <laughs> Good on you. And you're you're now on. And what the feeling of getting the vaccine? Is it oh a huge relief? God. Oh my god! Yes, yes. So, and my husband is up above now at the moment. Is He's it? getting his. And you registered a couple of weeks ago, was it? We we registered two weeks last Thursday. And then you got a text message yes. to say. 
to, to see. I got my text message. I think I rang the station to say I got it. Was it um, Thursday morning? Okay. So you did you get yours before the husband? You I did. did. <laughs> I got mine on Thursday morning, and Sean, Sean he got his on his appointment on Saturday. Fantastic! It's great. Yeah. It's great. You're on the road. You're on Thank the road. You. Mind right. yourself. Thank Thanks you a million. Bye bye. That bye-bye. is uh, Kathleen in uh, Bally Hay, and actually somebody who Joan in Mallow says, Patricia, I got my first. Uh, injection yesterday sore arm for a few hours uh, only oh sorry no I got my first injection this was the Pfizer jab Uh, my arm was sore for a few hours this was two weeks ago but I'm still feeling tired and I'm wondering is that normal I am diabetic and I do have asthma I'm wondering uh, anybody else who got a Pfizer jab, are they still feeling tiredness two weeks later? I'm due to get my second one on the 21st because of course the Pfizer jab, there's only a four weeks gap in between that's from Joan in Mallow. What I would suggest, Joan, if you're still feeling tired and still feeling a little bit unwell, I mean, the soreness of the arm for a few hours, very normal for a lot of people. We'll get that. And again, you'll have others like Kathleen and Ballyhay, absolutely fine, except if she leans over on the arm for a few hours, it was a bit sore. It depends. I mean, the side effects vary from person to person. But I, what I would suggest is if the tiredness is still there and you're still feeling worried about it put a call through to your uh, GP and have a chat with uh, your GP and they certainly will be able to tell you if it is normal or not You're listening to Cork Today on Replay Phone and text lines are currently closed Peggy and Nora were on earlier by text if I had so many texts in there there it is to say would I say happy 90th birthday to Rita Lucy I don't know where Rita is but she's celebrating a birthday today happy birthday to you uh, Rita hope you're having, going to have a lovely lovely birthday and lots of people contacting us who got their jabs their Covid jabs particularly in Mallow Sports Complex uh, morning Patricia I got my jab in Mallow Sports Complex I was in and out in a half an hour they were really really lovely and it was so well run but I have to I'm going through all of the side effects that they suggested I might get last night and again today pains in my body and I had a temperature last night it's a rotten feeling it will pass I promise you that because I went through it with Marcia my own daughter bless her little heart she was felt miserable but it's 24 hours and it will pass take Panadol and rest and you will be fine I guarantee you Stephen from Mallow says I had the Pfizer vaccine on the 7th of... May. Was it the 7th of May or was it the 7th? Just said Friday the 7th. Anyway, and everything okay, nothing different. Have my day. Oh yeah, it was last Friday. Uh, Everything okay, no side effects, nothing at all. My next jab is on the 3rd of June. Do you know, do you still have to get a COVID test if you want to travel? And by the way, uh, Stephen says enjoying the music this morning. The COVID test on travel, we're going to have to wait to see what's contained in the EU's Digital Green Certificate Scheme, which is aimed at resuming some form of foreign travel within Europe in the in the coming months. I know the Taoiseach was talking about this at the weekend. He said that the, there are possibilities that it could open up for people to travel within Europe at some the end of the summer, I think is what Micheál Martin is expecting for it to happen. I imagine once you, once you get your, your Digital Green Certificate, that will state that you are fully vaccinated. So I don't know whether some countries will still ask you to have a PCR test and I imagine possibly what will happen, Stephen, is it will vary between country and country. Some countries will look for it. Others will just accept that you're fully vaccinated and won't ask you for a PCR test. But let's wait and see the detail of the EU's digital green certificate, uh, which we should be hearing about and it should be up and running within the next number of weeks, I imagine, at this stage. Patricia, my husband got a vaccination appointment yesterday for Killarney. We live in Formoy. It's madness. When we rang the HSE line, uh, they said, yeah, you can cancel.
cancel that appointment and we'll send you out another appointment but they, we can't guarantee that it won't be Killarney again because obviously it's computer generated. Killarney is an hour, a one hour and a half drive and we'll have to pass Mallow on the way where there is a vaccination centre to get to the vaccination centre in Killarney. Isn't that madness? Yeah, that does seem crazy indeed. And the whole idea of putting the postcodes in was so that you could get to your nearest vaccination centre. It's it's obviously too many people. There's too many people need appointments in Mallow, but it does seem crazy that you are being sent uh, to uh, Killarney. Now, let me leave it there for a moment. I will get back to you. A lot of comments. I will get back to them, I promise. But I want to go to Eileen out on beautiful Bear Island. Good morning to you, Eileen. Good morning, Patricia. Are you, are you it's not, va- so, not I, so beautiful this morning? I, anyway. uh, listen, it's not so beautiful anywhere at the moment with with the weather. Are you, are you vaccinated? Oh, I am. Yeah. Are you? I, I am. Have you I, both? I've been vaccinated now for a while. Yeah. Have fully yeah. vaccinated. Well done. Oh, well fully done. vaccinated. Yeah. yeah. Now you're yeah. not ringing about vaccination. You're no, ringing. No, you're no. ringing about what happened with your phone last week. Well, yeah, and I'm ringing about communication. You know, I think we're losing the personal touch. Um, I just feel, you know, my, I was without phone all day Thursday and into Thursday night. I'm with air. You know. Okay. And, um, when I left my house and I went over to the garden, over to a shed we call the dairy, and the other side of that, I got one bar. So I was able to ring my daughter, but I couldn't stand there all day, you know, yeah. with this one bar. And, well, I, she said she'd get on to air. So I came back home again, and then I had nothing. So, you know, I live on my own. Like, and, well, if anything happened to me, I'm not saying it would, but if it did, I'd need my phone. But... Eventually, then I'd go back and forth and back and forth. That's the way I spent my Thursday, back and forth. But she got on here. But it's all automated, Patricia. You know, there's these standard replies. There is no problem in your area. There is no, well, obviously, there was a problem in my area because I had no phone coverage. Mm. But that's what I, I, I just feel. And don't get me wrong, I'm not against modern technology. And I think it's brilliant. I really do. But, you know, I just feel, you know, we, we're losing the personal touch. So you ring, and it's not just air, you, you know, ring you, know, you, you, you ring a bank, nice, you ring yeah, anywhere. It's nice and to be able to actually talk to somebody and explain your problem. Like if you're someone, say you're someone with a speech impediment, mm-hmm. you know, and you're trying to explain to this machine what you want, it doesn't understand you because it expects a standard reply, either yes or no, right? Yeah. And yeah. if you're someone yeah. with a sorry, disability like that, you're lost because you, you, you can't explain what's wrong. So I just feel that modern technology is great. It's wonderful, brilliant. But I just feel that where has the personal touch gone? The customer service. And it's the also, it's also taking, <laughs> taking jobs away from people. Oh, well, uh, that's true too. That's true too. But everything is computerised. Everything is standard replies. You just get, like I said, no, that's what my daughter kept getting. You know, there is no problem in the area. There is no tell. Uh, eventually she got on to this guy now in fairness. She said she did. And he said, tell your mother, go to an ear shop. Her nearest ear shop. I'm living on Bear Island. Like, I don't even know where my nearest <laughs> ear shop would be. But it definitely isn't up the road anyway. Yeah. You know. But things like that, and she was trying to explain to him, but he could not understand then, you know, why I couldn't get to an ear shop. So I just, so let's just let now my phone coverage come back later on the night. But like I say, I'm living on my own and anything happened to me. Yeah, you need the phone, you know, even you know, for, for nothing else but peace of mind. Yeah, well, peace of mind. Yeah, that is true. that's all it's it is, true. yeah. But like you oh. were just saying there now about, about people being sent to Killarney from 
from all yeah, lower part. You see, that's all computerized. Yeah. There's no personal touch. There's, there's no one actually sitting down and thinking, well, I can't send that person really to Killarney. No, you know, send them to somewhere closer. Mm. Well, well, I can, un- I, yeah, I, I can understand with the vaccinations, you know, because so many people want to get vaccinated. Well, yes, why yes. they? Why it's generated on a computer? But I think when somebody rings up and points out, you're asking me to get into my car, drive from Fomoy into Mallow, and and the listeners willing to drive to Mallow to go to the nearest vaccination centre. But then you're asking us to go on an extra hour to get to Killarney. It's an hour and a half to get there, then get the vaccination, and an hour and a half back. Uh, you know, I think when the computer gets kind of that kind of thing wrong, well, yeah, there should be yeah, someone. Yeah. Then able to intervene to say, okay, yes, let me I flag guess, yeah. that and let me sort that out. But unfortunately, yes. not. Okay, I or, just feel like we're being sucked into too much digital technology. You know, I feel if you're you're with, like say, banks, electric companies, you know, phone companies. If you're a loyal customer, I think like they should, you know, they should think about, you know, your loyalty and mm. make you feel like you're important. Yeah. And don't just send your old standard emails. Where's when? Where's the day gone when someone would actually sign a letter? You know, basic customer their... service that we were oh, yeah. always yeah. good yeah. at. We were always yeah. good at in the, yeah. in this country. And all that's right. just my rent. I'm okay. sorry. Oh, like well done, well done. And how are you? Get, how are you getting on the opening up of restrictions and oh, all yeah, of that? It, will that affect? It, how will that affect you? Well, it gives you a bit more freedom, I suppose, and it means that I can actually travel to Cork and see my daughter, my son, Great. and my daughter-in-law, and my son-in-law. Um, you know, and see my family and my sister and all that kind of thing. But I just think, you know, sometimes if you're in, you, you know, you're there on your own all the time and then you're suddenly thrust into company, it can be a bit daunting. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you're, trust, you know, if you you realise, oh my God, I can go out now and I can go here and it might be a bit daunting for some people. Well, so we've I been would... hearing that there are people nervous. I mean, already this morning, a listener fully vaccinated and just nervous about travelling to a different county to visit yeah. family members going to so wait a while. I just say to them, like, take it slowly. Yeah, you but know? but take get back slowly. out there because there's a big, beautiful oh world. Oh my God, yeah. I'm getting yeah. my hair done now, Thursday. Oh, you'll be gorgeous. You'll be <laughs> I gorgeous. I you'll can't be gorgeous. wait. I can't wait. I won't recognise myself in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you look after yourself. It's always a pleasure to talk. To you. Thank you for and that. Thank you very much. No problem. God bless. Thank you. Bye bye, Eileen. The wonderful Eileen is always so positive out on Bear Island. Lisa says, Patricia, can you tell me what were the cases, uh, the most recent cases for the Bandon Kinsale electoral area? These would have been released last Thursday evening. Let me take a look. These are the cases from April the 20th to May 3rd. They give it for the previous 14 days. And in the Bandon area, it was 13 was the number. Most parts of Cork were, were low for Moy 27. Uh, Cork City Northwest 16 for the previous two weeks Canturk less than 5 Bantry and West Cork less than 5 McCroom 8 Mallow 13 the only high areas were some parts of the city one part of the city Cork City Southwest at 60 and Middleton had uh, they've their figures are high at uh, 86 but still lower than most other parts of the country but for I don't know why for Bandon Kinsale uh, 13 was the uh, figure for the previous two weeks 1850 333103 or other WhatsApps coming in when I was asking what are people looking forward to Lucy in West Cork says Hi Patricia I'm looking forward to getting my eyebrows back today after years of chemotherapy they need a lot of help to look like eyebrows again I never thought I was somebody who'd care much about that kind of stuff but it turns out I really do thanks to Dolly's in Lep for fitting me in straight away she is the best thank you well done uh, Lucy good luck with the new eyebrows 
Christmas and hi to everybody in Dolly's in Lep. Hi Patricia, hope you are well on this day, the 10th of May, the easing of lockdown restrictions and it's great to see this finally happening after a very, very long lockdown. So now a bit of daily life is getting back, thank uh, God. And it's all down to the hard work of social distancing, mask wearing, washing of the hands, the five kilometre travel limit and the very good work of all of our frontline workers all over Ireland and of course the rollout of the vaccines. It's all very good now and it's getting better week by week which is great. It gives us all hope that there is light at the end of the tunnel and that light is bright. But, and yes, sorry, there has to be a a but. I hope the people of Ireland keep it up with the government guidelines enjoy the reopening of the country but please don't go crazy have a nice and a safe summer and it can happen this year and the light at the end of that tunnel will be even brighter in 2022 so come on the good people of Ireland we're all in this together stay safe and we can do this stay positive hope and believe no more lockdowns and that's from our good friend the North Cork man living in Germany bless his heart who is so desperate for everything to settle down both here in Ireland and in in Germany so that he can come home. 1850 Let me go quickly to Eleanor on the phones. Um, hi, Eleanor. Hello, how are you? Are you? I'm very well. You're, you're reacting to Eileen's piece in, in Bear Island about the customer service and having to do everything online. Yes, I was. Um, what, what my point is that not everybody can do online stuff they don't have the ability to access the internet in the first place. And when they have the internet, um, you have to register and do a lot of, um, un- well, I don't know how to do it. And you have to get somebody, you know, to help you out and stuff like that if if you need it. But that's not always viable. So I think like, it, particularly in relation to, I was on to you there before about dogs and stuff like that. And with the opening up of the lockdown and stuff, now it might become another problem again because they have taken off Dundee and stuff like that and they put up another website called dogs.ie and most people are supposed to register and you're supposed to go through the registration process. But half of them have phone numbers up and half of them have the correct way of doing things and stuff like that. But my point is really that not everybody is able to. Uh, it's computer, yeah, it's computer literate, and it became it became it became an issue with the vaccines when people needed to have an email address, and not everybody that's has. I, that's what I'm saying. Not everybody. Not everybody has, has an email email and address. Like you have no other way of communicating then without giving out your phone number and things like that. Yeah, you know? yeah, but yeah. Like it can become an issue now as well in relation to, like, if people don't do the things that what I'm saying is about the the dogs, if people don't do it the right way and put people can put up a number much easier and can be called and the dogs could become an issue again if they don't do it correctly okay. is what I'm trying to say. All right. I mean, if you're not computer literate in the first place. And not and everybody you know, is. Not everybody and, is. And you don't have an email number. Okay. Like All right, Eleanor. Thank you for that. I mean, that's, that is an ongoing issue and I know lots of people do everything online, but it isn't. Eleanor is right. Not everyone uh, is has access to the computer. Dick in Aragland says, went from a jab, Patricia, in Mallow last Saturday. 30 
13.10. 10 past one, I went in. I was back in my car at 13.40. Very, very impressive. And actually, it's great to see so, so many people bigging up Mallow and saying that they had a wonderful experience there. And just a final one on vaccines. Hi, Patricia, just a comment on the vaccine rollout. Different parts of the country seem to have different waiting times between registering and receiving your appointment. For example, there was a lady on TV this morning. She said her husband registered last week and got his appointment after 48 hours. He's having his jab tomorrow. I'm not complaining. I'm just curious uh, about it. And this actually came up last week on the programme as well. You, you are right. The vaccine rollout does seem to be different in different parts of the, not just in different parts of the country, even in different parts of the county. We've had some areas of the county where people seem to be getting appointments much quicker than other parts. And I'm thinking it's to do with a population. Um, for example, I was reading this morning that four out of every five, 65 to 69 year olds, have been given at least one dose. But the rate of vaccination has varied right around the country. It's regions having a higher proportion of older people. They're experiencing slightly longer waits within that three-week window from registration to vaccination. And that's according to a HSE spokesperson. And last week, when we had some of our listeners saying that they were waiting three weeks and when they got onto the HSC, their actual registration was flagged to say this person should have a have an appointment and should get one uh, soon. And we had somebody else who was waiting two weeks rang the HSC live number and they, and they were told if you're waiting three weeks and haven't heard anything, then you need to wing them. So I do think it just depends on where you are and if you are lucky, unlucky, depends on what way you look at it, to have more people of that same age group in your area than you are going to wait longer. The vaccination of people in their 60s, the HSE are saying is expected to conclude at the end of this week. So anybody listening to us still waiting on an appointment, you should be getting an appointment by the end of this, get your appointment by the end of this week. And then the HSE are saying by the end of next week, immunisation will be solely focused on those that are in their 50s. Of course, those in their, in their 50s since uh, Tuesday of last week have started to register online with that continuing across uh, this week. 1850 333 103. Lines open. C103 Jobs. Kelco Transport there in Mill Street. They've got a vacancy for an experienced HGV driver. While a childminder is required three to four days per week, that's in the Bantry Kilbrin area. And experienced window and door fitters, they're required for the North Cork area. While Avenue newspaper in Mitchellstown, they're recruiting a full-time news reporter. You do need to have a full driver's licence. You can find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Cork today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's kids. Sale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. Now, unfortunately, record numbers of dentists have opted out of the state's dental treatment services scheme with fewer than 800 of the country's 2,500 general practice dentists now actively treating medical care patients. To find out more, I'm joined from the Irish Dental Association by Fintan Howran, who is the CEO of the Irish Dental Association. Good morning to you, Fintan. Hello, Patricia. And you're, you're welcome to the programme. Do we have now areas of the country with no dentists treating medical card patients? We do. Uh, we have uh, large towns and uh, parts of rural Ireland, as well as the cities, where patients are having to travel 
a considerable distance to find dentists who can see them as medically cared patients. Uh, in dentistry, unlike, say, for medical doctors, uh, if you have a medical card, you can be seen by any dentist who holds a medical card contract. Um, but there has been a large exodus of dentists from the scheme over the past 18 months, and that means patients are finding it more difficult to be seen uh, by dentists in their local area. Is it all down to funding dentists simply not getting paid enough for the treatments that they're providing? Well, I think it's, it's a matter for each individual dentist. Um, I think what has happened over the last year is thankfully they've been able to stay open, but they have incurred significant extra costs. And whereas the Department of Health offered to assist them with things like PPE, they, they failed to deliver on it. And that, I think, for many dentists was the final straw because they said, look, for years we accepted fees that were way below what we would charge patients privately uh, for medical card patients, but we're now incurring extra costs. We were promised we would get some assistance, and we weren't. They were saying, look, that's the final straw. We have running costs, we have staff costs to, to, to meet, um, and it's, it's, it's long past the time that the scheme was actually placed with something that actually works both for dentists and for patients. Now, I know as an association, you're also looking for full collective bargaining. Now, full collective bargaining is offered to doctors through groups like the Irish Medical Organisation. Why are the same rights not offered to dentists? Well, we we don't know why. I mean, the the issue of bargaining rights with doctors was was discussed and agreed after uh, court... um, proceedings back as far as 2014 we had been told that shouldn't be a problem um, uh, applying the same approach to to dentists and others but it hasn't so uh, we're currently in in a limbo and now at the weekend Minister Stephen Donnelly addressed our AGM and said he was aware of our concerns and he was instructing his officials to deal with this issue but again for the last seven years this has been an unnecessary impediment to sitting down and, and looking at a better way of providing better access to dental care for for everyone. So is the current scheme just outdated? Oh yes, I mean this scheme dates back to 1994. I mean there have been significant advances in, in dental care since then. Uh, it's it's very uh, much of its time. Uh, there are a lot of rules and restrictions which really dentists aren't comfortable with because they want to make sure that they, they offer everyone the same standard of care and there are a lot of rules, restrictions and impediments with the scheme that's been there for over a quarter of a century. So, you know, an entirely new approach is needed. And what it really needs is some sense of political urgency. Now, again, Minister Donnelly addressed our meeting and said he was going to instruct his officials to engage with us immediately, which is a positive indication. But as our president said in response, you know, we've had countless promises over the years and it's action that's required now and not, not more promises. And at the end of the day, Fintan, it's vulnerable patients who are suffering, isn't it? Well, that, that's, that's very much so the case. And, you know, the one thing that the pandemic has actually caused is, is, a, is a greater divide between those who can afford to see their dentists and those who can't. I mean, dentists want to be able to see patients for, from all sectors of, the, of their community. And if there are people, you know, who can't see their dentist because of the cost and because of the difficulties in accessing a dentist, that's a problem for all of us, and it's something, you know, we believe requires a new approach um, and not simply, you know, tr- trying to resuscitate the, the, the current scheme, which is clearly well past, you know, uh, the requirements of, of modern-day dental care. 
And you mentioned your, your AGM. You obviously held a, a virtual event uh, at the weekend. Are dentists simply getting fe- very fed up with the HSE? Because it sounds like they're, they've been refusing to engage with them almost. Well, they are. I mean, obviously that issue is, is, a, is a grievance they'd have with the Department of Health. But, you know, in relation to the HSE, there are dentists there who are especially for special care patients, for children under 16. And what they were seeing at our conference was their concern that they're now going to be redeployed to vaccinate in such large numbers that it's going to actually cause a shutdown of the services for children and for special care patients. So again, you know, that's a concern that, that uh, public service dentists would have with the HSE and it's something that we're looking to address with the HSE as a matter of urgency because dentists do want to assist as vaccinators, but you know, I think this has to be done in an orderly way so that there's some semblance of maintaining existing dental services that we're not simply removing uh, dentists from their everyday work uh, simply to act as vaccinators because there seems to be delays or difficulties in recruiting from, you know, private uh, pharmacists, dentists or whatever. Um, so, yes, there was that frustration there as well from the HSC then. Well, it would seem crazy that they would be sent to act as vaccinators at the expense of the oral health of so many people. Well, that's what we would say. I mean, we certainly, over the past year, uh, public service dentists have been involved in testing and tracing, you know, as, as many as 30 or 40 percent at any one time. And, you know, everyone had to roll up their sleeves and help out. And we everybody knew there were going to be consequences with longer waiting lists and vulnerable patients having to wait longer, um, in some cases not receive treatment uh, as a consequence. But now that it's being proposed that public service dentists would be redeployed compulsorily to, to vaccinate in large numbers, again, people are saying this is not good use of resources. There's going to be an impact. There's going to be a consequence for oral health. So again, you know, that's something that needs to be addressed and it's something we're looking to discuss with the HSE as a matter of urgency. OK. All right. Listen, uh, Fintan, thank you for that and thanks for joining us on the programme this morning. Thank you, Patricia. Good morning to you. That is uh, Fintan Howran, who is the CEO of the Irish Dental Association. And my heart goes out to anyone on a medical card with uh, toothache or a problem and trying to get a dentist. And, and I know certainly right across last year it's been going on for probably, what did Fintan say, about 18 months. Dentists have just decided they've had enough of the Department of Health. They're not listening to them and they've just been refusing to take or they've been opting out of the medical card scheme for uh, patients. And at the end of the day, it's the vulnerable patients who suffer. 1850 Lots of texts coming in. Morning, Patricia. I was in Mallow GAA on Saturday getting my vaccine. They were exceptional. They were so professional. There was a fantastic atmosphere there and I love to hear that coming out of vaccination centres people talking about the atmosphere and hi Patricia Hoball as well at C103 to let you know I got vaccinated yesterday morning in Mallow it must have been very busy this weekend in Mallow my appointment time was quarter past ten whole experience was stressless I arrived on time now I did have to stay in my car until five minutes before the appointment that's what I was told to do I was ushered in I was injected in no time at all by the way I live in Mitchellstown I was back home again at 11 o'clock huge credit due to all involved the best bit Trish is that I've absolutely no 
side effects after it either 100% thumbs up for the Mallow Vaccination Centre. So if anybody's on their way to the Mallow Vaccination Centre this morning and this afternoon, tell them, tell them that there was glowing references coming in from so many uh, listeners. Now, the listener who has been, whose husband has been sent to Killarney for the jab from Formoy will have to come through Mallow to get to the vaccination centre in, in Killarney. It's a one and a half hour drive. Somebody else says that they, that person is not on their own. They know somebody else from Formoy who has been sent to Waterford to get their jab. And then hearing of the other person this morning from Killarney, what's gone wrong uh, there? Because we were told that's why you give in your postcode so they can get you to the nearest vaccination centre. And I would normally say ring them up, ring up the HSC. But our listener in Formoy rang the HSC and they said nothing we can do about it. They're computer generated. And if we cancel this appointment and generate another one, it's not to say that it won't be Killarney again and again and again. So they want the vaccine. So off to Killarney and they go. John Paul taking your calls 1850 You can see lots of questions coming in for Annalise. Thank you for those. Uh, we'll put those to Annalise. That'll be in the next hour though. You can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Court today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Now today we're starting a new monthly feature on the programme with the Citizens Information Service. And joining me this morning is Anne O'Donovan and is the Development Manager with the South Munster Citizens Information Service covering West Cork and based in Bantry. Good morning to you, Anne. Good morning, Patricia. And you're very welcome to the programme now. Today we're going to look at entitlements and schemes that people may not realise that they're eligible to claim. But before we get to that, Citizens Information Service, we've been talking about reopening, lifting of restrictions. Are you open to the general public at this stage? Uh, Well, the situation, Patricia, is uh, we have been open right throughout the whole um, pandemic. The only thing is we've had to change our service delivery. So we're currently providing our service mainly by phone and by email. Um, Up until last March, as many of your listeners will know, most of our our service was primarily a drop-in where you could just turn up and walk in. However, we've had to change that. But um, So most of the service is by phone, but we do also have appointments because... I suppose there are some things that can't be dealt with over the phone where we do need to see people. And if that is the situation, we, we will arrange an appointment. Um, not a, a number of our offices are set up where we can deal with appointments. So I suppose right. the best thing really would be someone to ring us and we will advise them. And if, if we need to see them, we will arrange an appointment in the centre nearest to them. But in most cases, information can be passed out over the phone, can't it? And the, the, the query can be dealt with over the phone. A lot of can yeah. be, Patricia, yeah. Uh, now, obviously, it, you know, depending on someone's situation, but maybe sometimes if there's language issues or maybe if we need to see paperwork or whatever, there may be certain things that we'd have to do um, where we see people. And, and the other situation, I know one of your listeners was talking earlier about, you know, uh, things moving online and yeah. certainly uh, people having to make applications online and they're not able to, they don't have the IT knowledge or they don't have maybe good broadband where they are. So sometimes, again, in a situation like that, we, we may need to see people and bring them in so we can assist them with that. And can you actually help them with if they needed to register something online or do something online? 
certain things, again, it yeah. would depend on what um, it was. I suppose we'd, ha- we'd have to do what it is because obviously if there's anything that's handling money or something, we don't, we can't handle that. But if it's just about dealing with information, if somebody gives us their consent to do it, we can we can help there. Great. We'll do that for people. Okay, now we, w- we want to talk about entitlements and schemes that people may not realise that they're even eligible to claim. Is it easy for people to claim their entitlements? Well, I suppose the situation really is there are so many different entitlements and schemes available to people and all of them have different eligibility criteria. So they can be confusing if you're not familiar with it. You know, like I suppose if you're looking at social welfare, some benefits are based on your PRSI, others are means tested. You know, so and, and I suppose our experience really is sometimes people are so confused about it that it can it can result in them not claiming payments which they'd be eligible to claim or and I suppose the other side of it, again, sometimes the time that you're coming into needing entitlements, maybe is at a time where you're at some major crossroads in your life and you're faced with a whole lot of new issues to deal with and you're not sure which way to go. Yeah. Maybe you're a, maybe you're a carer and you're, you're, you're having to care for somebody, giving up work to care. Maybe you're having problems at work. You know, it might be an illness or a disability or even retirement. You know, some crossroads, you're faced with all these different schemes and entitlements and you're not sure which is which. So in that situation, it can be confusing if you're not dealing with it. Now, I suppose it's different for our staff because we're dealing with it every day. So we can help people navigate through it, you know. So that's, again, why we'd always encourage people, if they're at any kind of a crossroads in their life, they come and talk to us and then hopefully we can steer them in the right direction. Obviously, at the end of the day, it's, the, it's everyone's decision what's the best option for them, but at least we can help them make an informed Yeah, and, and I think yeah. tell people, because I think some people, sometimes people are just not aware you know, yeah. when you would say when you because I know we would get calls in and we would suggest to some of our listeners, did you apply for whatever it was? And they'd say, oh, I'm not entitled to that. And we'd say, actually, you are. You yeah. just need to apply. They're not going to knock on your door and tell you you're eligible for this. The department, it, obviously, it can't. You have yeah, to go. Yeah. You have to go look for it. And, and I mean, a good example would be families who are finding it financially difficult at the moment. What, what help is available for families? Yeah, I actually, I mean, if we, if yeah, if you take a family, I mean, I suppose a pay, one of those payments that can be underutilized is the working family payment. Now, that's a really good, good payment. It's a weekly tax-free payment uh, which is available to people who are who are employed, who are who have children who are financially dependent on them. So it's an, it's a, so it's an, it's that support. It's aimed really at low-income families, and if you are. I suppose there's a few criteria, obviously, is with everything, but if someone's working at least 19 hours a week in a job that la- is going to last at least three months and is that they have dependent children and their income is below a certain amount, that it's a really good payment. Uh, I suppose if I give you a concrete example, really, say, like, if you had a family and their net income, that's their take-home income after tax, is around €600 Euros per week, and they have three dependent children, they could get around €85 Euros a week under the working family payment. Now, again, that can make a, a difference to a family. And the other good thing about the working family payment is it, it can open up other doors down the line because if you're on it, it may, you may be eligible for the back-to-school clothing and footwear allowance. If you're applying for a Susie grant for your, for your child going to college, it's not taken into account in the income means test, you know. So mm. it's a good payment that's there for people uh, and it's tax-free as well, you know. And and is that similar or different to the family income supplement? It's it's what used to be called the family, ah, family income supplement. Okay, it's a different they name change, on yeah, it, working they, yeah, family payment. Exactly, yeah. They changed the name because I think, I suppose the key, because I suppose the key bit about it is that it's, it is a working family payment and 
uh, what I mean is you have to be employed for at least 19 hours a week or 38 hours a fortnight. And I suppose the other key bit uh, about that payment to be employed to be aware of is that it's unfortunately it's not available to people who are solely self-employed so you have to be in insurable employment employed by somebody else so it uh, wouldn't so cover farmers then either no no, no. it is one of the downsides of the scheme that if you are solely farming or your you know so your only income is totally from say farming or any other form of self-employment you won't meet the criteria but if your spouse or partner is is employed and yeah. they're working the nineteen hours, you you know they can still apply, uh, and it just means all the income will be looked at. But but that somebody has to be in insurable employment for at least nineteen hours okay. a week. Yeah. Okay. Now the carers support grant. This is something I think that a lot of people are not aware of and miss out on. Absolutely. Again, you know, it, it, the carers support grant. It's 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 a one like it's an annual payment each year to. Uh, people who are providing full-time care and attention, and it's it's kind of it's it's a grant that the person can use whatever way they want. There's no they don't you know how, how they spend it is up to them. Now, um, a lot of people might be aware say if they if they give up work they they might be on carers benefits if they've left work to care for a relative or the, there's a means to the carers allowance. But there are some people who maybe don't have enough. Uh, PRSI to get carers benefit. They won't meet the means test for the carers allowance. But they can still get the carer support grant. And I suppose because so people aren't aware of that it's not means tested, so it doesn't matter what, what your means are. And once you are caring for somebody on a full-time basis and not working outside the home for more than 18 and a half hours, you sh- one should claim it. And that absolutely is one. I think there's a lot of people out there who are, are, who are eligible for the carer support grant. And like it's, it's uh, this year, it's, will be €1,850. Yeah, I think it's more commonly referred to as the respite grant. That's, I think, why why people people still call it. But the fact that the the carer can work for 18 and a half hours outside of the home. Uh, Yeah, up to that. Up to that, yeah. And that actually applies to any of the carer's payments that you can, uh, you you can work or study up to 18 and a half hours per week and still be eligible for those uh, payments. Now, the thing is, uh, obviously, you have to uh, show that there's some um, provision made for while you're away for caring for the person that you are providing the full-time care attention to, you know. Mm-hmm. But, and uh, if it's, there's it's someone good, listening yeah. this morning and saying, I sh- I'm entitled to that and I've been doing it for the last year or two, can, is it back, could you get it back paid? Yeah, so like if someone was eligible last year but they didn't claim it, they have up until the 31st of December of this year okay. claim for 2020. Yeah, and um, and again, obviously, and now last year I, I said it's gone up to one thousand eight hundred fifty for twenty twenty one. It was one thousand and seventeen hundred seven hundred last year. But I mean, absolutely, and so really, I'd say they have. So anybody and who who might be listening now and thought, gosh, I would have been eligible for that, or if they wanted even just check out that they're eligible, just contact us. We have the forms. We can send out a form where we can go through the eligibility. But you can you can certainly claim for last Great. year as well. Yeah. And that gets well paid in that gets paid out in June, doesn't it? Every year, it's in. June, yeah. June, Normally yeah. the first Thursday or the first Thursday in June, yeah, that it's, it's okay. paid out. And then older people and uh, on a pension, are there benefits that they might need to take a look at and consider? Again, I suppose one of the key, well, I mean, a lot of 
uh, people with contact is coming up to pension age maybe because they're not sure what level of pension they can expect because now it's obviously straightforward enough if you started work at 18 you worked right through and you had no break you know you'd be pretty certain you're going to get your full pension but you know for a lot of people they've had gaps in it they might be you know out of the home uh, raising children or they might have been out of the country for a while or whatever and they're not so confident about what they can get so we would always encourage them to request their social insurance record from the department and you know bring contact us and we can help them interpret it um but that's one but in terms of uh, i suppose there are some things they like that if you are we would also sometimes meet people say they've they're 60 they're over 66 and they but they want to continue working because they're enjoying you know they're they, they enjoy work and they want to continue but they're not aware that they could still claim their pension at 66 even if they're still working is, is kind of one of the things we would just flag with people and the other thing actually is if you're on the non-contributory pension because that means that some people feel well if I'm on the non-contributory pension I can't earn anything but actually if you are on the non-contributory pension you can earn up to 200 euros a week from insurable employment and it won't impact on your well, that's good, you know. Yeah. There's many fish and active 60 and 70 year olds Absolutely, who like yeah. like the idea of going to work. Now, a scheme that we've spoken about before on, on the programme, the treatment benefit uh, scheme. Yeah, yeah. That's um, that's the, the scheme that which is available to people who are to workers and retired people who have enough PRSI contributions. Now, um, there was a change in that actually in March um, that you can get the full cost of a hearing aid up to a maximum of €500 Euros or €1,000 for a pair. Now, that, that was a, a positive change that came in uh, from the end of March. Before that date, you had to pay at least half the cost of a hearing aid and repair. And they're so expensive. They are, but so, but now, say for example, again, if you have, if you were buying a hearing aid and it's six hundred euros, you now only have to pay a hundred euros because you get five hundred euros of it back, you know. Whereas before, out of that six hundred, you'd have been paying at least three. You'd have been paying three hundred, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, that is so that's a, I suppose one of the good good you know improvements to the scheme yeah. and and I suppose the other thing about that as well is that if you if it, the scheme also covers the full cost of repairs um, to hearing aids up to a maximum of 100 euros um, and the other thing I suppose again about the treatment benefit scheme is that some people might be aware that if you if you don't have enough PRSI contributions of your own you may be able to qualify using your spouse or partner's PRSI record you know okay. again so it's, it's just something to be aware of that you know? and then staying on, on medical medical cards they mm-hmm. there are some people don't think they're entitled to a medical card because of the income thresholds yeah, that's a good point because I mean sometimes I suppose if when people look at the um, medical thresholds for people under seventy, they can seem very low. You know, say for say if you're a couple and you're under sixty six, they they you look and you say we can only have two hundred and sixty six fifty uh, per week. There's no chance of me qualifying. But what they might not be taking into account is while they appear low, you can add on things. So, so like your mortgage, so your mortgage payments are taken into account. Reasonable travel cost to work. So you can increase the income threshold by including allowable expenses. You know, so you could. So, so again, if you just look at the figure without taking into consideration all the things that can be take, can be disregarded. You, you know, people can be put off. So we would always say, look, if somebody 
wants to be, come and talk to us and we can go through the figures with yeah. you and see if you'd be eligible. And that's exactly where citizens' information come into it on any of the things we've announced today or, or anything else. Ring up and find out. You might just be entitled to something. You might just be, be eligible. Um, what's the best way of contacting citizens' information, um, Anne? Yeah, the best, way, um, the, the best way at the moment, Patricia, is to ring us. So, I mean, the, the West Cork number is 0761 or the North and East Cork, you can go to 0761-077970 or 0761-078000. So that's probably the best way to contact us because then we can go through a lot with the fo- on the phone with you and then if we need you to have an appointment, if you need an appointment, well then we, we will talk to you about that. Okay. And, our, and our website is there as well, citizensinformation.ie, uh, which has a lot of information. But again, while sometimes people go onto the website, they get the general information there, but just to tailor it to their particular cir- circumstances, the, we would really say, come and talk to us and we can we can we can tailor it to you. Okay. And as I said, we're there at the end of the line. It's not an automated service. You know, someone will be answering the phone and we will. There and, is human contact. There is human contact. <laughs> and the other thing is, if, if sometimes where it is very busy because we are, you know, it can be very busy. If you leave a number, we will always ring you back. Great. So don't be, you're don't be put off by the phone. Listen, you're, so, you're, yeah. you're the Bible to us here in this place, <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, and listen, I really enjoyed that. We'll chat again next month. And in the meantime, thank you for that. And thanks for joining us. Thank you. Patricia. Good morning Bye to now. you. And if you missed anything that Anne mentioned on our citizen information segment you can listen back on c103.ie or on the c103 app where you can pause and rewind the section Court today on c103 with Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group want great advice you know who to talk to cmig.ie you're listening to Cork today on replay phone and text lines are currently closed Lots of questions coming in for Annalise. Thank you for that. She'll join us after half past 12. Also getting some calls in about the C103 bingo because the C103 bingo is back from today with the National Council for the Blind, the NCBI. Hopefully you've got your bingo books at the ready to be in with a chance today to share a share of three hundred euro. That's what you'll play for every day. And then there's a weekly jackpot on Wednesdays. We'll be starting to call out the numbers from twenty past one today and then they'll be repeated at twenty past four and at twenty past eight. Now there's a couple of people who've been on uh, and they because you can get your bingo books online by going to C103.ie and some for some reason the post service is so busy at the moment. Some people haven't received theirs yet and we're looking into that to try to sort that out uh, for those people but have patience somebody some listeners saying my post doesn't arrive until after one o'clock and if it does and your bingo book arrives uh, today and you miss the 20 past one you'll be able to hear them again at 20 past four and again at uh, 20 past eight and somebody else was asking where the bingo books are available in Mallow you can get them at Hurley's Centre on Main Street and then both Dano's Spa Glen and Dano's Super Value are both selling the bingo books if you're in Newmarket O'Keefe's Super Value in Newmarket has them in Glamworth Flynn's Day Flynn's Day Today that's on Main Street in Glanworth in Bandon Hickey's on Main Street are selling the bingo books and if you're in Glengariff you can get them in O'Sullivan's filling station but uh, for people asking when's the bingo starting 20 past 1 today your first chance to play bingo good luck to everybody and uh, as I say if you're not living anywhere near any of the outlets selling the bingo books you can purchase them online by going to c103.ie grab your bingo books and get ready to 
to play on Cork's Greatest Hits C103. Now lots of calls, still getting lots of calls like this. Eddie and Mahan was on today. Got, got vaccinated last Friday in Porky Creef. I went in at 5 to 12. I was out again at 20 past 12. Well done, well done. People are really happy to be vaccinated. Margaret then was on to say she registered herself and her husband. Everything was fine. They got their appointments to go to Mallow. Now, Margaret said she's fine. She can go along. But unfortunately, her husband is an invalid and he is bedbound and would not be able to make it to the vaccination centre. She got on to her doctor. Her doctor said, sorry, you're in the 60 to 69 age group. I'm not able to offer your husband a vaccine. So then she had to get on to the HSE who said, no, your doctor should be able to do it. She got back on to the doctor. The doctor said, no, I'm not able to do it. Eventually, anyway, it's the National Ambulance Service for anybody that is house it isn't the GP. I don't know whether the GP arranges it. Probably if the HSC don't arrange it, your GP can arrange it. But it's the National Ambulance Service comes out. Your GP doesn't come out with the vaccine as far as I know. It's somebody from the National Ambulance Service. And listen, the National Ambulance Service have been doing fantastic work trying to get to as many people that are housebound. In some cases, they're in very rural areas. It can quite take quite some time to get to the person and then obviously you know it's in having a chat with the person making sure consent and that everybody that they understand what's going on and so it isn't a quick job you know I know I was I was reading a piece from one somebody working in the National Ambulance Service who was doing the vaccination they were saying like at times between 45 minutes and an hour it can be with with each appointment so they can only get through so many people every day and for how, how many days a week they're out so the ambulance so Margaret's just saying I don't know when the ambulance will arrive they will arrive to let your husband know they will arrive uh, and they'll let you know when they're actually coming but they are slowly working through as many of the housebound patients I mean they were doing really well did I read somewhere that they had 2,000 of the 3,000 people that are identified as housebound but then obviously more people are being identified as housebound not able to get to a vaccination centre so they will get around to you just as with everything it's just it's all patience uh, um, isn't it Margot is in Rathcormick uh, she said I got my vaccination appointment for Waterford in the campus of WIT. It'll be a one and a half hour drive, so a three hour round trip. I did ring the HSE to say, would it be possible to get one of the closer venues? And I was told, no, that's the that's where your appointment is. That's where you must go. She was also told by somebody on the phone, if you don't have a car, you can go on public transport. My husband doesn't like driving, but we'll have to. But we're nervous just about the drive. That is really, and that's unfortunate for sure, really. And it's, you know, people are excited and wants to get out and get vaccinated. But if you've the added worry of driving, but listen, take your time leave in plenty of time and you will be fine and just think about it you're on the road to being vaccinated and that of course is the most important thing Uh, Anne says Hi Patricia I'm going to Mallow for my first jab tomorrow do I need to take my medication that I'm on with me Uh, thanking you Suzanne I don't know I I don't know no let me think I can tell you when Marcia got vaccinated no do we no she didn't have we didn't have a list of I don't even think did she did she because my husband went with her on that day for her first jab and I didn't and I would have filled in and had everything ready for the two of them and she didn't she certainly didn't bring her medication with her and I don't even think she had a list of the medications she was on so no I don't I don't think that's that's one of the things that they ask for I know they do ask you for photographic ID is important and your PPS number so they can verify 
uh, who you uh, are. But no, you don't need to bring your vaccine, your, any medication that you're on at the moment. Hi, Patricia. Catherine Glenmire here. I had a lovely experience in the city. I got my first jab on Friday. I was in and out in three quarters of an hour. They could not have been uh, nicer. It's lovely to see all the vaccination centres. We seem to be getting similar. It was just that one listener who felt she was waiting too long in Mallow. The rest, everybody just uh, saying what a great experience uh, that it actually uh, was. And then was there another one in? Uh, let me see. There's just so many coming in. Uh, oh, here's one from Clan. Let's make sure we cover all of the vaccination centres. Patricia, my husband and I got our vaccines yesterday in Clannacilty. The staff there were wonderful and they were just so uh, kind, which is, yeah, they're great. They're, and remember, at a lot of those vaccination centres, they've got volunteers working as well and the Red Cross are helping out. So be kind to everybody when you're there as well, which is, uh, which is it's, it's so easy to be kind, isn't it, to people? It costs us uh, nothing. Now, there was one other query about vaccine vaccinations that I hadn't what I had I had read something about it Hi Patricia Did I hear something about not getting a colour in your hair within a certain number of days following getting a Covid jab or maybe I was dreaming or maybe it's a nightmare says a listener Okay I remember the back end of so kind of towards November of last year it was coming out from the UK because obviously the UK we hadn't started vaccinating in this country it was the UK uh, were ahead and there was a warning going out to the hairdressing industry in in the UK just to be vigilant about chemicals that are used in hair colour because it seems now there's no concrete scientific evidence yet but patients with so-called long COVID who, who have an increase believed to have an increase in allergies post-virus may end up having a reaction to some of the colour that's been used in hair colours. So what the hairdressing industry in the UK, certainly at the end of last year, I don't know what's been happening since. I'll have to do some research on it this afternoon. But what they were told is to make sure that they did patch tests on all new uh, customers, you know, where a small amount of dye is placed on the client's skin 48 hours before an appointment. Now, whether it's going to be the same here or not, but what I would say is have a chat with your hairdresser. Our hairdressers here in this country are great. But I haven't, I certainly didn't hear any guidelines being issued here in Ireland about it. As I say, that was November of last year. Uh, that was when I read about that in the in the UK and it was very early days of the vaccine and it was to do with people with long COVID as opposed to somebody who had just had their uh, vaccine. 1850 Morning, Patricia. I totally agree with, oh, this was Eileen from Bear Island who was talking about when you ring up and you've got to press one, press two, press three. If you don't know the extension, how are you going to get through to, how can you get through to a human being? And just, are we, use, are we losing that personal contact was what Eileen was talking about. And this listener said, I had a problem with Curry's PC World in Mahon Point. It's about two weeks ago. It took 13 calls to their phone line, which was somewhere in the world, I don't know where, to be told they couldn't put me through to Mahon as they weren't answering the phone. I was eventually told to go directly to the shop. It's a 40 minute drive away. It's ridiculous that you can't just ring a shop directly without having to go through a call centre and so many of the large chains, that's the way they're doing it. They do it by, they say it's the more efficient way of doing it, but not everyone feels it is the most efficient way uh, to do things because you can get very frustrated if you can't get through to speaking to a human being and a human being, a local human being. I always, uh, a lot of the call centres are based in India, Mumbai in India in particular is one of the main 
spots all around the world for call centres and you know when you're ringing somebody that they haven't got a notion where Cork even is on the map let alone when you're particularly trying to say that you're in Band in Bohubwe or in Bantry they really don't have a clue it can be very frustrating but that's unfortunately the way the times have gone call centres have been removed from this country not all call centres we do have some great call centres in this country but we certainly do have call centres that are overseas which can add to frustrations that people have when they're trying to just speak with somebody to get a question answered and thank you to Mary Newmarket giving in a word of warning to people to say just to let people know I got a text message yesterday to say that my Bank of Ireland account had been suspended. Well, wasn't that a big worry, says Mary. Except our Mary doesn't have a Bank of Ireland bank account. So she knew immediately that it was a scam. But if you did have a Bank of Ireland bank account, you might get a bit of a fright and decide to click on the link or call the number that they're telling you. So please be very, very careful. And hi, Patricia, would you please play a request for Kira Doody in Boerbui, who's celebrating her birthday uh, today. And the message to Kira Doody is hope you have a fantastic birthday. Happy birthday, Kira. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council's Community Support Programme, here to assist vulnerable people with their daily needs through the COVID 19 pandemic. See corkcoco.ie. The Beira West Family Resource Centre, they're hosting a seven week online smoking cessation programme. If you'd like more information, you can call Trudy on 086 7806093 or you can email. TMC Quaid at bearawestfrc.ie. Duke Aslanakilty Heritage are presenting their May lecture. They're doing it by Zoom. It's on Thursday of this week, the 13th of May at half past eight. Dr. Damien Shields will deliver the lecture on recovering the voices of West Cork in the American Civil War. Now, registration for the Zoom will be on Dukas Clonakilty Heritage Facebook page or you can go to their website, which is dukasclonakiltyheritage.ie. And Kildare Drive in Bingo recommencing this coming Friday, eight o'clock and it'll be in the Creamery Car Park. And in Ascara Community Centre, looking for your help to keep the centre open, they're asking people to please donate to cover their running running costs either through their GoFundMe page, which is at inascara.org, or you can drop your donation into the office letterbox. Our details of their bank account are also available on our own website, www.c103.ie. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. Breaking news from the UK with uh, COVID-19 who obviously are so far ahead of us when it comes to vaccinations. But the four UK chief medical officers have agreed that the COVID-19 alert level should move from level four to level three. And that means the epidemic is in general circulation. So I'm assuming that that is good news for the people of the UK. And they are already starting to come out of many, many lockdowns. If you've got family members living in the UK, you already have seen them, the weather dining outside, even though the weather hasn't been too kind on them, but certainly restrictions have been lifted uh, across the water far quicker than they've been uh, lifted here. And actually on Friday, somebody was asking with the inter-county starting today, would they be allowed to go to the 
Northern Ireland with that would intercounty include going to Northern Ireland and I was thinking yes I'm, I was sure that, that it would and it turned out I was right even though the Northern Ireland Health Minister Robert Swan last Wednesday issued a warning that non-essential travel across the border must be stopped by enforcement by both governments if required and the Northern Ireland Health Minister wrote to our Health Minister Stephen Donnelly and Stephen Donnelly has ruled out blocking non-essential cross-border travel today. He said that in the present circumstances this is Robert Swan said that in the present circumstances crossing the border for non-essential shopping or socialising purposes creates an unnecessary risk of virus spread but our Health Minister Stephen Donnelly says we're drafting a response but I've no doubt Minister Swan and I will talk during the week but Stephen Donnelly points out in this on this Isle of Ireland we have a very open border he said I don't want to see that changed the Irish government certainly doesn't want to see that changed he said he believes that the island is doing very well both north and south at the moment but I suppose people in Northern Ireland are just worried because they're further ahead on vaccinations than we are in the south and of course they're also very close their neighbouring county is Donegal now I know in Donegal Stephen Donnelly at the weekend was saying Donegal was doing quite well. It still is by far the highest area when it comes to COVID-19 anywhere in the country and two electoral areas in particular, Letterkenny and Milford are still, I I think, would still be cause uh, for concern. But the rate for Donegal is dropping. Uh, Certainly it's dropped since it was flagged by the CMO when Tony Hoolan says the dogs in the street know what's going on in uh, Donegal. But it still is high. I mean, when Tony Hoolan was talking about it, the 14-day, they were in excess of 300 was their 14-day average. It's now gone down to 268 for the 14 days. So it it is slowly going down and God knows the good people of Donegal are doing the right thing and and they're doing their best. But it still is higher than it is, say, for other parts of the country. And I suppose that's the worry with Robert Swan, the Northern Ireland Health Minister, they don't want people crossing the border. They wrote to Stephen Donnelly saying, is there something we we can do? Is there some way we can stop the non-essential travel for shopping? And I think for shopping in particular, because so much more is open in Northern Ireland. If you're living close to the border, you are, of course, going to go across if a shop or a hairdresser is opened and it wasn't open on our side of the border. Anyway, uh, that's just to let people know if you are Uh, if you were of the mind to travel to uh, Northern Ireland you are allowed it is within it is within uh, when we're lifting the restrictions and we're allowed to go into county into county also means crossing the border and going to uh, Northern Ireland and then Margot is listening to the programme today talking about people who some of the people some a very small number of people who are complaining there was one listener in particular kicked it off this morning and felt she was waiting too long standing too long to get her vaccine in Mallow it was last Friday I still think it was possibly to do with the fact that we broke all records for the number of people who were vaccinated last Friday and I think it was just possibly the time that our listener arrived there was just too many people there all at the, at the same time but anyway the vast majority of people very happy and actually saying very efficient nobody having excessive times at the vaccination centre Margaret says Trisha what's all the rush for when somebody gets an appointment to get a vaccine can they not all just have a little bit of patience whether they're there for an hour or two hours does it really matter the staff are so good and the staff are really doing their best so could everybody just loosen up 
a little bit, says uh, Margot. 1850 Thank you for that, uh, Margot. You can text her WhatsApp. Uh, the WhatsApps are available at 0862-103-103. Let's take a break and we are back talking with Annalise Dressel, hopefully available to us from the Health Hub Times Square because there's a lot of questions in front. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. This is the Court Today replay on C103. And just before we go to Annalise, just a couple of texts in on the vaccination process. Olive from Donna says, Hi Patricia, I registered my vaccine three weeks ago and as I hadn't heard a thing, the advice we were giving, ring if you haven't heard after three weeks, I decided to ring today to find out my phone number had been taken down incorrectly. So now I have to start all over again for today. That's not very fair. It doesn't seem very fair. Uh, please God, the, you'll get your appointment sooner rather than later, uh, Olive. And the Waterfront Primary Care Care Centre in Clonakilty says somebody else provides treats and a bottle of water after vaccination at their five-star centre from a recently vaccinated person. And for somebody who is wondering, do they need to bring medication, their meds with them when they're going for their vaccination? Mary and Donna says, I got my first vaccine at Mallow GA Complex on Thursday. If you're on blood thinners, you need to know the name of the tablet. You don't necessarily need to bring it with you, but you need to know the name of the tablet. I also carry an EpiPen for allergies, so I did have to bring that with me and also a letter. Uh, to show what I am allergic uh, to. All went well, says Mary from uh, Donwell. Well done and thank you uh, for that. 1850 Annalise Drussell of the healthhubstore.com uh, joining me. Good afternoon to you, Annalise. Good afternoon. 
afternoon, Patricia. Lots of questions in. And actually, let me start with one. It kind of pertains to vaccine. This is a good question in from Anna. Health question, please, for Annalise. I'll be registering for my vaccine soon. I'm just wondering, is there something that I can take to prime my system ahead of getting the jab to ward off the flu-like symptoms that some people have been experiencing following the vaccine? Or is it just better to let the vaccine take its course any advice would be welcomed, please. So how do we, how does one prepare for a vaccine? Okay, well, I think that I would just make my normal recommendations that people are supporting a healthy immune response, which would definitely involve vitamin D. And if you like taking vitamin C and zinc, you can do that as well. I think vitamin C certainly would be a good one. It's always great for the first line of support your T-cell support, uh, your T-cell defence of your immune system, and that's what will be activated first and foremostly with the vaccine. So it'll make sure that that works well. But other than that, Patricia, I really wouldn't do anything. Plus, I wouldn't take anything on the day of the vaccine, not for any particular reason that it's dangerous, but I always think that when you take a medication, you should just let it go through the system on its own, um, you know, and not take any other natural remedies at the same time in case it changes the efficacy of it. So keep up with your vitamin C, your zinc, your vitamin D and don't take it on the day of the vaccine. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. I know it's a nuisance to have bad, you know, to feel to feel symptoms of COVID after the vaccine, but it does mean your immune system is mounting a good, strong, healthy immune response. So it's good. Hopefully that would mean that your immunity afterwards, even though we know it's not going to be 100% from these vaccines, it still should be good. Yeah, so I think and I think no what... And I know with my own daughter, Marcia, when she got hers and she spiked a very high temperature, have the Panadol ready just to, you know, to bring the temperature down. And I've heard of other people, they've got a bit of a stomach bug, a stomach upset, so they took some Motilium. You can have kind of things at the ready just to ease the symptoms. Absolutely. That's very good advice, Patricia. Yeah, and your pharmacy will be able to help you with all those ones that you mentioned there. Okay. Now, a question for Annalise, please. I'm a male and I suffer from... No, I can't pronounce this, but when I googled it, it is... uh, It's pain in the coccyx, the bottom of your spine. Okay. Uh, very bad localised uh, pain and I suffer with a severe chronic form of it. I have been taking ibuprofen and I have to say ibuprofen did help with the pain but I had to stop taking it because ibuprofen is so hard on the stomach. Could Annalise recommend anything else? Okay, so there's obviously something inflamed. Um, so natural anti-inflammatory approach would involve things like turmeric and ginger um, there's a nice natural anti-inflammatory by Pucca called Turmeric Active, and that's a combination of turmeric, turmeric extract, boswellia, and a few other things that work as a very good natural anti-inflammatories. So they may help, are then the roundabout way of helping yourself if you have to take ibuprofen, which does cause huge you know, inflammation in the stomach is to take something like slippery elm before you take the ibuprofen. So slippery elm is a kind of a mucilage coming from the slippery elm tree and it forms a kind of a thick coating on the inside of the stomach. So it helps to protect the stomach from the damage that the ibuprofen does to the lining of the stomach. So if you absolutely can only get relief from ibuprofen, that's the sort of a workaround. That's a way to do it. Uh, hi, could you ask Annalise, please, if beetroot juice is good for keeping blood pressure down? I know she said a few weeks ago that pure cherry juice was good, but I'm just wondering about the benefits of beetroot juice. Absolutely. So beetroot um, is very high in nitrates and this gets converted to nitric oxide in the body, which causes our valves, our, our blood vessels all to dilate. So if they're nicely dilated and open, it means the blood can 
flow through in rather than flow through a constricted space. So that's how it helps in terms of decreasing blood pressure. In actual fact, a lot of athletes, Patricia, would take um, concentrated beetroot shots for that reason because it improves their, um, you know, it improves their performance. They don't hit the wall as quickly because their 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 blood is flowing much better through their system. So in that way, it could help. You could certainly eat beetroot raw. You could eat it pickled, like, you know, and we've been eating it for years growing up in Ireland. We hardly ever got it raw in Ireland. Or you could take it as a juice anyway at all, and it's beneficial. But another thing that's lovely for... Um, blood pressure too, Patricia, is celery or celery juice. And you can buy a juicer and juice whole celery or you can buy celery juice in your health store and it's very, very high in potassium. So that's brilliant for bringing down blood pressure as well. Love beetroot but can't tolerate. I hate celery. It's about the only food that I actually detest the taste of. You could then, Patricia, if someone is like you, you could take a tablet maybe with the celery in it. But of course, um, much better to get the whole food if you can get it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Hi, uh, Annelies. I had to give up sugar completely. I'm now a month off sugar, but I'm feeling lifeless as I work outdoors and I have to keep going. What could I take to give me a little bit of a boost throughout the day? I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, but I'm working on beating it with my doctor. My doctor checked my numbers last week and I have it down to 6.7 6.7 from 11.2 Fantastic Well done yeah, that's Well great. done That's really good and that's that's something that's really important Patricia to, to um, note because type 2 diabetes is not um, you know it, you do not have to have type 2 diabetes you can prevent it and when you get it you can reverse it with diet and lifestyle and supplements as well Now for this listener there's a big period of adjustment when you've had a high sugar diet or where you've used sugar to give you an energy rush. Your body takes time to adapt to the lack of it. So those energy slumps are a sign that blood sugar is dropping kind of low. And really, it's about being prepared. Rather than getting to the stage where your blood pressure, your blood sugar has dropped, you need to make sure that you're snacking fairly frequently and you're snacking on foods that might, mightn't be sugary, that might take a bit of time to break down. So you don't Take them as when you start feeling that slump, you actually need to take them in advance so that you prevent the slump from happening in the first place. So what I would recommend that are great snacks to bring out and about with you, like a banana is great or a piece of fruit, a handful of nuts. They're all things that you can carry in your pockets. And if you just make sure that you're trying to eat every couple of hours, if you've got type 2 diabetes or pre-diabetes. So have a snack two hours after your breakfast. And a snack, literally, Patricia, is a small amount of food. So it could be like six or seven Brazil nuts or walnuts or uh, it could be a banana and a small yogurt. They're just small amounts of food to kind of keep you going. You could also make yourself a smoothie to bring along with you. You could put berries into it um, and you could put in half an avocado and make it up with yogurt. And that's a really healthy smoothie. Lots of the lots of things in there for preventing, you know, damage to blood vessels from high blood sugars and also to keep it going. And that's another great one to take out and about with you as you're working because you can just have the bottle in your bag. And I'm, I'm assuming it's a man when he says he's working outdoors. Um, he His body will adjust, will it, eventually to the eventually cutting out the will, sugar? But yeah. again, again, really, the key is not to let yourself reach the stage where you're shaky from low blood sugar. So making sure that you snack frequently in being being prepared and being you know being very consistent about that there are supplements that can help as well improve your insulin sensitivity like chromium is a great one that people swear by and we've sold much a lot of it for years it's a good old faithful but there are other ones now that will work on the liver to help improve the liver's ability to produce insulin and also the cells ability to respond and berberine is one of these 
It's spelled B-E-R-B-E-R-I-N-E. Um, and that's a great one for um, for type 2 diabetes. Anybody who comes to me in my clinics, I'll put them on that. And chromium. So you could try those. The other thing that's very good for improving cell sensitivity to insulin are the fish oils because they make the cells beautifully responsible and flexible. So get a good fish oil supplement. Um, I love the Unocardio with vitamin D because you get your vitamin D in there with that and it's a lovely strong one as well. Okay, well done. And well done to that gentleman who you're doing well. You're, you're, you're on the right road for sure. Let's stay on sugars because the listener says, could you ask any of these sweeteners? Are they any good? Are they better than sugars? And also what about bananas? Are bananas good for you? Okay, sweeteners that you yeah so there are different sweeteners patricia um stevia is one it's a natural one it comes from the bark of the birch tree um some people don't like it because it can leave a bit of an aftertaste but it's very very good for especially diabetics and type 2 diabetics because it doesn't spike the blood sugar the other ones then are more like sugar alcohol products like xylitol which we find you know has a kind of a cooling flavor almost you often get it in the sugar-free chewing gum you know you get that sort of feeling on your tongue of cooling that xylitol it still has calories in there but again it won't spike your blood sugar um and another one called erythritol spelled e-r-y-t-h-r-i-t-o-l erythritol that one has no calories and uh, doesn't affect blood sugar but with all of those sugar alcohols for some people they can cause an awful lot of digestive discomfort and wind so if that's happening to you look to the sweetener but those all would be natural and they would be safe and there's no side effects for those in in, in, in any case Okay and bananas are bananas good for you says the listener? Bananas are wonderful and they're such a great little pocket snack as well um, n- um, again it's like everything else in life everything in moderation so eating three or four bananas a day is going to provide way too much sugar but other than that they're full of fiber they're full of potassium and other vitamins they definitely give you a little bit of a sugar rush because they are very sweet and so they can keep you going and again full of fiber great for digestive health okay Annelies could you what about turmeric is it good for the lungs and also what other herbs would benefit somebody who's got lung issues okay so turmeric is um Anyone who's familiar with it from cooking, it's a really kind of nice yellow spice, quite perfumey, and it's a really powerful natural anti-inflammatory. So there's a huge amount of supplements now for joints or for anti-inflammatory supplements that have turmeric in there. So in the sense that it's an anti-inflammatory, it could be helpful for the lungs, but it's not specifically going to work on lungs. Now, I don't know what the lung problem is, but if there is, um, if it's to do with maybe a mucus buildup, Something like ivy and thyme is much better to clear mucus. I'm a great fan of the salt pipe as well for lungs. I think it's really good to strengthen the lung. Um, So it's great for people who suffer from asthma as well. And that's something that you, you know, you, you buy a salt pipe. It's basically either a plastic or ceramic vessel with salt in it. And the idea is that you inhale the micro, tiny micro particles of salt into the lungs. It helps to kind of dry up the mucus, but also disinfect the lungs. So I would recommend a salt pipe. And the other thing then is that Dr. Delish Clare does do a kind of a clear away tea um, that has a lot of beautiful herbs in there that are designed to support the lung tissue for, for firstly and foremostly, and also then to kind of help clear mucus and, and uh, prevent infection. So the Dr. Clare clear away tea is a good one too. Okay, hi, this is Helena. I'm in my 70s, says Helena. I have a, what I describe as a sagging tummy. Any remedies that could help with it, please? Unfortunately not. Uh, uh, somebody said a kind of a balloon, like a balloon or a football hard. I would say it's a bit of 
gas. There'd be a lot of things that could help with that. But unfortunately, sagging sounds like the um, that there's probably fat and, and the skin is the collagen in the skin isn't holding it up anymore. So I'm afraid tummy tuck is probably the only surefire way of getting rid of it. Now, collagen is always very good for saggy skin. It's great for skin in the face as well. Um, and it does help, you know, even people, some people have said that they've noticed their hands don't look as wrinkled when they've been taking collagen supplements. So something like that will help plump up and make the skin more elastic and more strong. So that's possibly something to try. And if you do suffer from a very bloated kind of football stomach, taking a digestive enzyme that helps you break down your carbohydrates a little bit more efficiently might be the way to go. Okay, a listener says, please don't call out my name, which is fine. Could you ask Annalise, please, about an odd, horrible feeling that I'm getting in my legs. It's from my ankles to halfway up my shins. It gets worse as the day wears on. And by night time, that's the only ease I get. Now, I am celiac. I do have diabetes. I am overweight. And I'm taking high doses of blood pressure medication. Any advice would be appreciated. I suppose I don't know what that is. Is it um, is it physical pain going up the, from the ankle to the knee, Patricia? Am I That's what that it right? sounds like. Yeah, and so, she describes it as an odd feeling, but it gets worse as the day goes on. And then, obviously, when the legs are elevated and she's lying in bed, she gets ease. Okay, so it could be something called shin splints. Now, shin splints you'd see an awful lot in athletes that are, are overtraining, and it, it is pain right up the front of the leg between the ankle and the knee. And that, unfortunately, is something that requires time to heal and rest. Taking a natural anti-inflammatory can help, or rubbing in an anti-inflammatory um, um, joint rub. Like um, I love the Pernaton is great it, because it, it, it the Pernaton Forte um, heats up and, and gets right in and gives good relief. Another thing that might help if it's more muscular is a muscle, uh, sorry, a magnesium rub. So better you do a whole range of magnesium gels and sprays. excuse me so trying something like that might help or taking a magnesium supplement if it's sort of a heavy dead feeling in the leg that can also help Um, the other thing as well I'd say is that if your ankles are swelling um, and that's why you're getting ease when you're putting your legs up then it's a bit of water retention so um, having um, taking something like uh, or drinking nettle tea and dandelion tea to kind of help get the water out of your system and reduce the swelling in the ankles that might be a solution Okay Pat had a procedure for prostate cancer now I've googled it I think it's called brachytherapy it's some kind of an internal radiation therapy and he says he's now left with a little bit of blood in my stools just the odd time the hospital told me it's after the radiation I'm wondering if Annalise could suggest any kind anything I could take to help to cure the wall of my bowel Yes so I think that something like the Natures Plus GI Wellness would be a good one to, to take there because it's a combination of a number of different products. It, um, it'll help with the health of the gut from beginning to end, um, especially after radiation therapy. Not only is the tissue damaged, Patricia, but it's very likely that the bacterial population has been upset as well. So um, that GI Wellness does have a nice um, few probiotics in there to help repopulate the good bacteria in the gut. So um, that would be one. If you can't get your hands on that, it's again, it's Nature's Plus GI Wellness. It comes in either capsules or a powder. Get the powder if you can. The other one that's quite good is by BioCare, um, and it's called Permatrol, P-E-R-M-A-T-R-O-L. Again, it's got a combination of different products in there to help heal the, the lining of the gut. 
Hi, says another listener. I cleaned out my ears with a cotton bud. I'm after blocking one of my ears. I've used eardrops, but of all to no avail. What would Annalise suggest? Firstly, I'm sure you'd say you shouldn't use a cotton bud in your ears. Well, you know what we all do. Yeah, let's I know. Face it. And I know. I know they say that you shouldn't put anything that bigger than uh, an, elbow. an elbow into your <laughs> ear, but um, it's too difficult to resist when the ear is blocked. So a couple of different things will help here. The first thing, um, very quick and simple home remedy is to heat a spoon and then pour some olive oil onto it. Let it warm up and then pour the olive oil into the ear. And obviously you need to have your head on the side and let that sit in your ear for five to ten minutes and see can that loosen the wax. The second thing is ear candles. They are fantastic for deeply blocked ears. So if your ear, like what's happened there, I'd say is she's pushed the wax well into the canal. So ear candles are wonderful and um Actually, we spoke about them recently, Patricia, on the radio, and I sold a lot of them, so I've been getting a lot of fantastic feedback from customers who tried them. And then the last thing that you could try there is um, hydrogen peroxide 5% solution, which you'll get in the pharmacy. Be careful, hydrogen peroxide is bleach, so go in and get it from the pharmacy so that you're not messing around with concentrations. And again, you need to put that in the ear and leave it sit for about 15 minutes, and that could dissolve the earwax as well. I have to say, huge fan of the ear candles in, in our house. I, I use them all the time on my daughter because she suffers with a bit of uh, wax. Now, I'm, I always say to people when you're doing it for the first, get somebody else to do it for you. Absolutely. Yeah. And having a paper plate, plate is brilliant as well if you have nobody to help you. It's much easier to do it on your own because you can put it around the candle and it can prevent the drops of wax hitting your head. The other thing it's brilliant for as well, Patricia, is for people who are prone to getting earaches or getting blocked ears. Ear candles are wonderful for that as but well. But when you open it up and see the wax that comes out, I know. It's I know incredible. It's I know it's very satisfying. Yeah, it's, it really is incredible. Okay, uh, listen, uh, we leave it there. Oh, just very quickly, as somebody's having suffering from gout, what would you recommend for gout? Because that's very painful. Oh, very painful. So the immediate thing I recommend is the Dr. Claire musculo joint tincture, if you can get that, because that's the best thing to if you're in a flare-up at the moment. Um, so that's the musculo joint tincture by Dr. Claire. And then in terms of prevention, the tart or the sour cherry juice. You can get it in the concentrate or you can get it fresh by Biona in a health store. And you'd want to drink about three glasses of that a day during a flare-up. Make it up to a pint of water with some uh, water to flush out the uric acid from your system. And the other thing you could take is there is a Solgar supplement that has got turmeric, nettle and cherry extract in there and again that's a great one to take as a preventative Okay listen thank you for that and we'll put up all the information online and you'll have it up on your website as well later on this afternoon Thanks a million Listen have a good week we'll chat again next week that's Annalise Drussell Health Hub Times Square in Ballincollig or her website is healthhubstore.com That's where we leave you for today my thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon be very careful a lot of heavy showers out and about uh, today stay in and stay dry. It's like the middle of November. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 10 o'clock until I'm Patricia Messenger. Very good afternoon. Court today on C103 with Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. 
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.